1981, Reggie Collier became the first player in NCAA history to rush for 1,000 yards and pass for 1,000 yards in a single season. It was a good year for the Eagles, but maybe not for America as a whole. We entered a recession following the Federal Reserve's contradictory monetary policy trying to lower inflation. The unemployment rate was near that of the Great Depression. But there's always more to a story than you might think. Tune into Domino to listen to cascading events that have shaped our global economy. You can listen to Domino anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Season 2 is now available. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss to the top. What's going on? What's happening? How are you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. I'm your host today, Jason Bailey, here to give you a break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda out there on social media and to talk a little bit about Southern Miss athletics. This is your first time listening. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy it. Remember, you can find To The Top Talk on a semi-weekly basis now on all the major podcast platforms out there, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeart, and Stitcher. Feel free to give us a follow on social at To The Top Talk. And if you can leave a rating and review on iTunes, it really helps us out. Thank you again for joining in today. Uh, we have a very, very special guest on the line. Um, this guy, uh, actually, you've heard us mention him a bunch probably. Uh, he did an episode with me about a year ago. We just figured that out when we logged on. Um, he's honest, thoughtful, smart dude. Um, we don't always agree, right? Uh, but there's always respect there, I think. And, and he's a Sutter Miss guy through and through. Uh, Shane, Jamie, and I have a text thread, and it's super informative for me, and hilarious the other parts of the time, so without further ado, Shane Lott, what is up, buddy? What's going on, Mr. Bailey? There, for for a little bit during the intro, I was like, he's not talking about me, smart, informed, all that kind of stuff, but <laughs> you were. Yeah, man, well, you know, thanks for taking the time today, but but we, um, you know, when I was getting ready to put this thing out, you know, Jamie, well, Jamie really started this, but then I joined in and I think it's around four years we've been going now with it. And, and it was always, Hey, let's do a Southern Miss athletic podcast. There wasn't one out there. It seems like everybody has one nowadays. Um, no jab intended, but kind of, but anyway, um, Hey man, know, somebody <laughs> had to start it. Yeah. So hey, the, the more, the merrier, the more Southern Miss stuff that's out there, the better, um, but in the, you know, these days, uh, you can't really do any athletic stuff. It's just kind of speculation and that speculation bleeds over into more than athletics. It's, um, it, you know, it, it gets in, we try to stay as, as unpolitical and really down the middle and just straight, not even down the middle, just like straight athletics all the time. But it, the lines are becoming so blurred. I don't even know how we're going to get through this, but that's the reason that, that, uh, <laughs> That's the reason I got myself a beer poured and fireball in the two hole over here. But um, first of all, you're over in North Carolina. What's it like where you are? Um, I'm so I'm in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. We moved up here from Hattiesburg about four years ago, uh, and like a lot of places in the southeast, uh, North Carolina is experiencing some you know explosions with uh, COVID nineteen rates. Um, Raleigh just enacted a, a mask protocol today. Uh, we're we're a little behind Hattiesburg on that. I think uh, I know you know know Toby personally from my days in Hattiesburg. I think he's doing a great job down there as mayor of Hattiesburg. But he's kind of been on top of that for a while, and and that's been going on down there. But uh, we're we're just now you know getting to that point. I feel like everything was was heading in the right direction until uh, Memorial Day weekend. And when they started opening stuff back up, uh, people just started acting like nothing was going on and, and going out and just living their lives as normal. And as we know, these are not normal times in any sense of the word. Uh, so, you know, it's 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 not bad. Uh, Catherine and I are, are both working uh, remotely from the house right now. We've got our 15-month-old with us. Uh, mm -hmm. Daycare is just about to open back up. So, it's been an interesting few months, um, but uh, we we pretty much stay home, uh, go to the grocery store. I make a beer run on Fridays to my favorite brewery when they release new beers, and mm -hmm. uh, we just kind of keep our nose down and mind our own business and uh, and get our work done and 
live uh, live through the week to get to the weekend. What you uh, what you drinking these days? Man, right now I'm sipping on a uh, a cocktail uh, from a local place here in the Raleigh area that makes some cocktail mixes that they'll deliver them to your house and you just pour some booze in them. Uh, and I've got a nice bottle of Four Roses single barrel from our buddy Jamie Ferris over there at Lincoln Road Package Store hey. uh, on deck for when I finish this one. Uh, I try to keep a stockpile of good old Lincoln Road stuff uh, here. Awesome. Good stuff. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Excellent plug for uh, for Jamie and his store right down the road. That's that's that, that's our store. It's the closest one to my house and it's the best one. Um, hey, Matt, look, uh, Jamie has got a national following. That guy does some. I'm a big bourbon guy, so he, he does some really amazing barrel picks with uh, his wife, Misty. And uh, I've, I've got friends up here that are into bourbon that uh, we we get a uh, good old Mark Goliak down there to go hmm. run grass bourbon every once in a while and ship us a box full of it so shout out to mark doley i appreciate you buddy sweet good dude uh recently had a baby as well and uh um, yeah and, and and jamie you know jamie hey also hell of a baseball player not only a, a a liquor store guru but um i actually got to play a little bit of baseball jamie back in the day and hell of a player played ended up playing in mississippi state for a little while so you guys go check out mm. the, uh, lincoln road i know but say hey but but where is he? Where is he? Where is he now? When you walk into yeah. his liquor store, is it decked out with Mississippi State stuff? Uh-uh. It's not. You know why? He's intelligent. <laughs> he, he knows where his bread is buttered. That's for sure. Exactly. Uh, Jamie's a good dude. So anyway, so so life in this new normal is um is taking some getting used to, uh, and you know hopefully we look back next year and 2020 is just a distant memory. Uh, and, you know, we just look back on it like, hey, I mean, best case scenario, we look back and we're like, what the hell are we freaking out about? I don't think that's going to happen that way. But at this point, there's just not enough data out there to, to honestly know. So we just have to, to, to live with it and figure it out and do the best that we can. Yeah, that's the toughest thing about all this, man, is, I mean, things change from from day to day. They put information out and you, you think it's it's the you know way to go. And then they find out later that maybe that's not necessarily it. I think the only thing that that we can do right now is wear a mask when you do go out in public and try to stay, you know, six feet away from everybody. And, and, uh, you know, you can't keep the, the country shut down and definitely people have to go to work mm-hmm. and, and money and, uh, you know, kind of get, get back to as close to normal as we can. Uh, you know, there, there may be a new normal after all of this, but, uh, you know, that's the only thing we know for sure right now is wear a mask and, and, uh, you know, be conscious and courteous. Mm-hmm. So, so in, in this is an athletic podcast, Southern Miss yep. podcast. So, you know, but I felt like we had to lead into it with some of that because it, the, the the very next thing coming up is, is football. What matters to everybody listening to this podcast is Southern Miss football. So, I mean, just let's just take football, for example. I mean, you know, we can look at society and like, are you supposed to do this? Are you supposed to do that? What's the best way to do it? Um, but, you know, as it pertains to athletics, I mean, what do you do? Uh, you never know who has it, um, who doesn't have it, because there's you know there's there's symptomatic, there's there's uh, asymptomatic that you know you, you don't know who's got it and who doesn't. Uh, the football players are jam packed together all week long. Fans, if there are fans, will be packed together at games. And I know that you and I are, are far from experts on the subject, but you know we all have questions, we all want answers, and I honestly think that we all ultimately want the same thing. Uh, and that's to get back to normal, right? Yeah, it's just to get back to normal. Um, I, I, you know, is there a normal to be gotten back to? I like to believe there will be and that the risk is minimal, but who am I to really say that? Epidemiologists have a hell of a lot more expertise than I do on the matter. Um, and then you look at the stats and you see the chances of something horrible happening are, are you know, pretty minuscule. Um, so I can see both sides. And again, I think we all want the same thing. Uh, we just differ on kind of the avenue and how to get back to it. Does that make sense? Absolutely, man. Yeah, that's well, and I mean, there's uh, the we're, we're in a very polarized country right now. We won't get any further into that uh, than than that statement. But it, it seems like you know you can't have, really have a conversation with anybody without it going in in that direction these days, and and that's a shame. Uh, I mean, every you know we're we're all people. We're all trying to live our lives and uh, you know people can kind of keep that in mind and treat everybody with uh, with a little respect and, and courtesy then uh, I mean 
that's uh, I think that's what we need to get back to is just you know having a little bit more re- respect for our fellow man and and remembering that we're all on team human and uh, there's there's no reason to be at each other's throats uh, constantly. You you can disagree with somebody without just thinking they're the most terrible person on the planet and and they need to die. Um, and that, uh, you know, that's, uh, I feel like, you know, the deeper we get into this, the, the more people forget that. And well, again, we're all, we're all team human. Everybody kind of wants the, the same thing at the end of the day. And this is new territory for everybody. So we're, we're learning as we go. And, uh, you know, the, the more, uh, things from normal life that we can get back into place, the, the easier it'll be for everybody as we go forward. So uh, fingers crossed that football happens this fall. I, I get a little bit worried every time I log on to Twitter and I see a new school announce that 15 football players tested positive for COVID-19 and they're having to quarantine them and keep them away from the rest of the team. It, it makes me a little, a little anxious that uh, your football may not happen, uh, but we still have, you know, two and a half months or so before uh, the season's supposed to start. So maybe we can make some progress. Absolutely. Well said. So, CP, and I actually text this to you and to Jamie in our text thread today, but uh, during the middle of the day, CBS Sports uh, came out with an article. It says that NCAA Council approves six-week calendar to start the 2020 college football season on time, right? So this is one of those times during the day where you're – pretty optimistic um and then like you said not too long after that you'll read that texas had 13 guys test positive so then you're right back down you know so it depends on which not even like which source you're listening to just like what hour of the day it is as to whether i'm like super optimistic or like crap you know it's never gonna happen so yeah but, but they they talk about um college football's return has been set i'm not gonna read the whole thing i'm paraphrase a little bit uh, the NCA Division One Council announced Wednesday that it has approved a four-phase plan um, proposed by the NCAA College Football Oversight Committee last week for sporting activities to begin in mid-July. And on down uh, the on, on, on down the article a little bit, it lays out a timeline. <clears throat> so I'm going to run through this real quick. June 1st, voluntary workouts, and that's voluntary and virtual non-physical activities through the 25th. June, uh, July 13th, team workouts. That's weight training, conditioning, film review. July 24th, walkthroughs, team meetings, 20 hours per week, up from eight hours. Uh, August 7th, you can get to practicing, and in, in your preseason practice period. And the audit, the the article goes on. And it's it's a lot longer than this, but you know we aren't gonna. I'm not gonna read this thing verbatim because, you know, number one. I don't do that very well. <laughs> Number two, we're going to get back to Southern Miss stuff. But, I mean, that, that's that's a step. You know, it's so hard to say a step in the right direction. I like the step, and I hope the step continues to more steps. Um, but, you, but you really don't know, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, as, as we've said a couple of times already, it seems like things change by the minute. It's definitely a step in, in the right direction if you want to watch football this fall that, that they've set out a game plan for how to go about it. Um, now we just got to keep our fingers crossed that, that everything works smoothly. Uh, uh, in the, the text conversation we were having earlier, Jamie mentioned, you know, what if, you know, uh, Jack and, and Tate both test positive in the same week and, you know, they're out for a couple of weeks in quarantine and, and we no longer have a quarterback. What goes on then? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no, so yeah. Be a lot of unknowns going forward. And you can go down that rabbit hole as far as you want to. Uh, you can go down, you know, not only at that situation. Let's just say, let's just say, for instance, um, well, we'll stay with Jack, but let's say, for instance, Jack is sacked, right, at some point during the game by somebody. And then, like, the following week, we're getting, let's say we're getting ready for, I don't know, Marshall or somebody. Well, on Wednesday, it comes out that the guy that sacked Jack has tested positive. I assume you have to test Jack at that point, right? Um, what are the, how much do these tests cost? Uh, where's that money coming from? Um, there's, there's, that, there's, there's, what, what, you know, not, not to mention just logistically, what in the hell do you do as a coach if, uh, if, if not only that happens, but, you know, just someone from the other team 
uh, causes you to have to alter your schedules? Do you not make that next trip? How many people do you address? What, you know, just I, there's there's so many unknowns that I'm starting to go down the road of I don't I, I I'm not positive. I, I don't feel it's likely that it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. Um, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm just I hope everybody listening to this is you know if if you if you hate it, you know I, I there is no more there isn't a person alive that wants to go to the Rock this year more than I do and watch football games and tailgate and do the whole thing. It's my favorite time of the year. It's Christmas time, six weekends a year. Um, but I'm trying to look at this thoughtfully and logically, and you know, just just like I said just a minute ago, uh, logistically, just what in the hell would you do if you're coach if you're coach Hobson? Yeah, I, I saw an article earlier today. You know, you you touched on this a second ago. It's what happens if one of your scheduled non-conference games, the other team has to back out for some reason. I mean, there's teams that are looking for, for backup plans in that scenario right now. And then another thing that you mentioned is, uh, you know, what the, the cost of all this testing and, and, you know, that that's gonna affect the, the schools, uh, in the non high resource conferences a lot harder than it will. The ones that get the, uh, the giant, television contract checks for mm-hmm. belonging in a conference so uh man that's there's just there's so much unknown and it it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's very frustrating uh as as a, a diehard southern miss football fan to to you know wrap my brain around the concept of a football season may not happen i mean hell we lost half of a baseball season and, mm-hmm. and baseball is just as big at Southern Miss as, as football. And, uh, you know, that, that was you know, devastating to my psyche. Uh, I, I like to sit down and, you know, I'll watch some, some games on, on TV or, uh, I really like to, uh, fire up, uh, the, the app and little Juan Cox sing sweet music into my ears as he calls a baseball game in the <laughs> evening. Um, that's dude, uh, I had a roost pass. Yeah, I had a roost pass. We've mentioned it before, but I've, I had a roost pass. Our mid-year meeting for for my company that I'm with was going to be in Chicago. And we we're going to a game at Wrigley, and I had Masters tickets. <laughs> I think the universe is conspiring against me here. Dad, really sounds like it. What did you do, man? I don't you know. Really I, I, I go to church and everything. <laughs> well, maybe you need to change churches. That church is bad for you. Right, no doubt. So, so let me ask you this. And, and, and getting back to getting back to football. Well, first off, you got to think about things like uh, like we talked about tailgate, and we talked about uh, just uh, everything that goes into people being around each other. Like Eagle Walk, bruh. Eagle Walk going through, shaking everybody's hands, slapping hands for you know, like what is that? A, a half a mile that they walk. Yeah. That's over with, right? Yeah. But let, let me ask you just straight up: uh, Do we play football this year? Man, I would like to say it's a 50-50 chance right now, but I don't think our odds are that good. Um, that's I, I see a, a slim chance that that the football season kicks off as normal. Will there be if we do? Let's say we do. Let's say we do play football. Will there be fans in attendance? If there are fans in attendance, it definitely won't be at full capacity. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the. I read an article yesterday about the governor of Texas, uh, you know, calling all the athletic directors of, of the schools around Texas and discussing, you know, f- you know, no more than 50 percent occupancy and, you know, try to work out the details of, of what that would be. And this is a Southern Miss uh, podcast, but this you know, Texas schools are, are what I have information on. And, you know, Texas stadium seat, seats 100,000 people. They sold 64,000 season tickets. Hmm. Who are the the fourteen thousand season ticket holders that you get to tell, hey, uh, you don't get to come to games this year. Sorry, um, it's just a giant mess. I don't I don't envy those guys uh, that are having to deal with the logistics of the situation at all. If you were a player, would you be out there? And you have you're close to the situation with with one player on the football team, Swayze Bozeman. Um, yeah. Let's just say you were a let's say you were him. Would you be out there every day taking the risk of being found positive for COVID-19? You know, with 
with the way that this virus seems to affect younger people that are in shape, not nearly as severely. And I'm, I'm not saying that it, it can't affect younger people. There are definitely instances of, of younger people being, you know, severely affected. I've saw a 22 year old had a double lung transplant because he came down with COVID-19 or I say he, I don't know whether it was a he or a she, uh, but, I mean, a double lung transplant for a 22 year old. But you don't see a lot of of really severe cases uh, with with young folks. It it seems to the severity really seems to affect older folks. So, I mean, just uh, just from seeing what's going on, I mean, I I think these guys are are chomping at the bit to get back out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, they understand that there's some some risk associated, but uh, but. Being an athlete at that age, it, it doesn't seem like they're the highest risk category. So, uh, I mean, there's risk involved for sure. But uh, I think, you know, I, if I were in their shoes, I would be trying to make it work. And mm-hmm. it seems far. Right. And and you're right. Most players that get it, I mean, looking at the data, uh, will be fine and, and might not ever even get, you know, quote unquote sick. But, uh, but you know, those those kids are going to go up and hug their parents after the game. Uh, they're going to have meetings with their coaches. Their coaches are older, usually. Well, probably always. Older is worse. Um, you can see where this just goes and goes and goes, right? Not to mention class. Wouldn't even brought that up yet. I'm not even sure if, if, if students are going to be on campus. I'd like to think that students on campus would be a lot easier than playing a game. I mean, you know, you, you space them out. You wear a mask. Um, you set up sanitation stations probably in every single classroom, at least in every hallway. You you might stagger uh, stagger the classes in between buildings. Uh, I can if you're a eccentric professor, maybe you take them outside. You know, yeah. um, I, I can see how a class would work. But you know, we, we've we've talked about football a lot, but you know these they they they're here for school, right? They still go to school. We forget that part of it sometimes. So um, and and you know I'm. I have a child now, and he's nowhere near going to college, um, but he's about to turn four years old. And I try to put myself on that side of it too, you know. So I've asked myself this, and I'm not, you know, I go back and forth. But if you know, if you were a parent, and your your kid was playing, would you want your child out there playing during the pandemic? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's there's so many tough decisions to be made, uh, and I mean we. We talked about just will the games be played? Will fans be in attendance? But if fans are in attendance, even at a mm-hmm. decreased capacity, that doesn't even cover how do you get people into the stadium without there being groups of people close together? How do you handle bathrooms? How do you handle concession mm-hmm. stands? Uh, I mean, all of those things put people in close proximity to one another. So it. Again, I don't envy the people that are having to work out the logistics of making this all work. And when every time you think a little deeper into the situation, the chances that all of it happens look more and more grim. Right. And and again, I'm not trying to. Today's episode is not meant to steer anyone. You know, it's just it's just how we feel about it. Yeah. Um, but on but everybody listening right now, just put your put us even if you're one of the guys listening that has just about turned this thing off already. You're like, you know what? I'm not listening to this anymore. These bozos don't know what they're talking about, and they're not completely wrong about that. But whoever's thinking that, put yourself in Coach Hobson's shoes right now, or any other head coach. People that are listening to this are probably more familiar with with, with Jay Hobson. So, I mean, what, what protocols would you put in place if you have a player or a coach test positive? I mean, is that going to be handed down from the NCAA, or are you going to do that yourself? Um these coaches care about these kids, man. You know, it's I, I talk about is it my kid out there? I get I guarantee you that they're having the same exact conversation with themselves and probably their assistant head coaches and the other coaches on their staff that that they're close to. Um, they want to make the right choice. Uh, they want to stand behind. But these guys aren't. These guys didn't go to school to figure out viruses, right? They go to school to develop young men. Um, to, to, I mean, to get out of school, to, to become a coach, to develop young men, hopefully send them on to the NFL, but definitely send them on to be a better human, like you said earlier. So, I mean, just put yourself in his shoes. What do you do? 
I mean, the I think the only argument that you could make outside of what we've said so far is something like, ah, screw it. Just play football, right? Is there anything yeah. that I'm – what's the alternative? If you're not going to think deeply and thoughtfully about what could possibly happen, even though the data shows that these kids are going to get over it real quick. You already, missed, you already mentioned one girl that had, had after effects um, after she had survived the virus and had a double, double lung transplant. So nobody knows the after effects of these things, and that almost scares me more than the virus. Even though I'm such a little baby when it comes to getting tested, there's zero chance I ever want to go in and have that long-ass <laughs> Q-tip shoved through my nose, like to the back of my brain. No, um, that doesn't look like a fun way to spend any time. No, and and, and we're kind of we're kind of getting off on a rant here, and we're kind of uh, bantering uh, mindlessly. But seriously, if you're Coach Hop, I mean, what the hell do you do? Yeah, the the only thing that that really crosses my mind right now is why couldn't this have happened in 2012 instead of 2020? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, then we might've kept Ellis for a while. Well, I would have gladly sacrificed Ellis to COVID-19 <laughs> and his wife. I don't like her either. The uh, four roses is kicking in. I'm I'm just in the first glass of it. It's, <laughs> don't get me started on that bleepity bleep. All right, let me ask you a serious question. And, yeah. and this is eventually during this show, I promise we're going to get to because I think we got a hell of a football team coming back next year. It's hard to lead with that with all the COVID stuff going on, but at the end of the day, I think we have an awesome ass team coming back. Um, but uh, one more, I don't know, downer or serious note. And I might have a. After I get through saying this, I might have uh, I might have an explanation as to how we can overcome it. But can a team like Southern Miss? You know, we're we're broke, right? We're broke always. We always we do better than a lot of other teams, but um, and we're never going to be the rich guy. And I think that's that's cool with everybody. But can lower resource teams survive a zero income year? Yeah, I don't I don't envy uh, McLean at all. You know, like you said, we're on a on a good year. We're we're struggling to finish in the black, and uh, you know we lost. Like we said earlier, we lost half the baseball season. Uh, I mean, that's that's one of the sports at Southern Miss where the stands actually pack the 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 fans actually pack the stands. Maybe that mm-hmm. bourbon is kicking in, Jason. <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, they haven't talked about it a lot. I, I know that that it had to have hurt. Um, but yeah, I mean, football drives the budget at at most schools. Uh, I mean, most schools, football may be the only program that that makes any money. So you you've already seen programs around the country dropping, you know, different sports. There's mm-hmm. there's been some baseball programs dropped, some some Olympic sport programs dropped at, at schools, just preparing for the budget shortfalls that are going to be coming for this and. If if you don't see football this this fall, man, I, I can't even imagine what's going to happen on the back end of that when schools have to balance that budget out. I mean, that's that's just going to be devastating. And, and we're talking about schools right now, but that's it's any business, right? I mean, even the yeah. company that I work for, the company that you work for, they might be whatever Fortune 500 companies. I don't know any. And this is completely off the top of my head, but let's just say Southern Misses. Um, uh, pool for what we pay our just our football coaches. Let's just say that's it. I don't know. A million and a half. Does that seem fair? Maybe. Do we pay like all uh, of our coaches combined a million and a half? Yeah, you know, for us it it may be in that ballpark. I haven't seen the the figures. I know they were working on getting the assistant coach salary pool up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pay Jay Hobson an embarrassingly, uh, embarrassingly low amount of money compared to other. Uh, yeah, and, you know, and, and I think he actually asked for some of that just so we could pay the, uh, you know, the, the other guys. Like generally, Southern Miss is in that seven fifty to a million range. I think Jay's at five hundred, but from from what I've been told and from what I've the information that I've gathered, he's kind kind of wanted it that way so that he could spread the wealth, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. That that seems like what his plan was from the get-go. And that, that speaks volumes to Jay's character that, you know, he would make that sacrifice, although half a million dollars a year in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, ain't too damn shabby. Dude, but, 
I'll sign up. Yeah, amen. Uh, I don't it takes know. me damn near I'll... a decade to get to. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not uh, far away from you there, brother. Don't worry. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, that that sounds, you know, roughly ballpark. I'd say one and a half to two million, somewhere in that range. Okay, well, and the point I was getting to was, can you, um, any company out there, do you think that you could tell anybody, like, look, we're going to go ahead and we're going to pay everybody that we have. Let's say you sell stuff. I don't care what you sell. But if you're in a company that sells stuff, hey, guys, we're going to keep paying everybody's salary. We're not going to sell a thing or ship anything from the plant for like f- seven months. Well, don't worry. Man. We get that giant check from Conference USA for the <laughs> miraculous TV deals that our leadership works out. Right. I know, and, and, and that's that's doom and gloom. Here, I, I mentioned that I might have a solution to it. You know, like we're, okay. we're talking about losing all this money. I mentioned about uh, having a solution to that, and here's my idea. And from what I've been told, uh, when I went on my family walk just a minute ago from my neighbor, Dr. Thornton, who gave me the roost pass, thank you so, 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 so much. But he mentioned that he had heard the Mississippi High School Athletic Association, Activities Association, or whatever it's called, um, had been thrown around the idea of flip-flopping uh, the spring and the fall sports. So, in other words, baseball would be now, or, you know, as soon as we get back to school, then football uh, would start when you get back after uh, Christmas, or after the Christmas break, which this year with students, I think they actually get out for Thanksgiving, and they don't come back until after New Year's. So, that's crazy. But, but I mean, that idea might have some legs. I mean, I, I think it's pretty unfortunate right now that we're dealing with this pandemic and that the very first sport that we have coming up is football because football has so many guys. They're all crammed together all the time. They're crammed together in the huddle. They're crammed together, together in the meeting rooms. They're crammed together in the locker rooms. I mean, this isn't a 53-man roster like the NFL, right? There's like a hundred and something guys. We we have guys with the same number, like three or four different times, because there's only 99 numbers, and so you have to double up sometimes. If you have over 100 players, so I mean, but but does that idea have any legs to you to just flip flop the seasons? You know, I mean, it it sounds like a great idea, and I'd be completely down for it. Um, the only problem that I see is that logistically. It's a lot easier to pull off on the state high school level than it is when you start mixing in uh, interstate travel and hotels and flights and all that kind of things. I mean, you've got these baseball games all set for certain days in the spring already, and then you have to really scramble to move all that to the fall to where it works out. I mean, I guess you could could really look at it where you know, like, all right, this is the starting date for the fall. So kind of play everything out in chronological order as it would going forward uh, as in the spring. And those dates will fall where they do. But uh, that that's a big lift to pull off on the college level in just a couple of months. I would absolutely hate to have to be the guy that that note comes across my desk. Hey, by the <laughs> way, uh, I don't know what you're doing this weekend. But everything that we have planned for, you know, these upcoming months, we're shifting everything six months away. <laughs> well, in that case, you know exactly what that guy is doing that weekend and for the foreseeable future weekend. Well. <laughs> no doubt. Um, so let's, for a minute, let's put aside the fact that there might not be a season. Let's talk yeah. about if there is a season this year. And I was thinking about this as I was driving down the road. I can't remember which show that I was listening to. But they started talking about coaching, um, playing a, a, a bigger part um, if, if, if we do have a football season, they talked about coaching being more of a factor in the outcomes of games. And I don't know if I totally agree with that, but what do you think? Does coaching or talent play a bigger role this year? If we actually get on the field, and we start playing football. You know, that's a, that's a good question. I would probably lean in the other direction. I would probably say talent would play a bigger factor. And my reasoning behind that is, is that if you've got a shorter time to prepare, everything's disrupt. The normal ebb and flow of everything is, is not as it would be. Uh, that's going to kind of mess up the coaching side of it a little bit more. Uh, whereas your talent's in place. If you've got the superior talent, 
then that could be an opportunity for that talent to rise to the occasion and, and just outman the other team. Mm-hmm. I could be completely off base on that, but that's just kind of the way I see it off the top of my head. I mean, there's definitely less time to put stuff in. Um, there, there's definitely a, a, a different look in the implementation of, of how installs even happen, really. Um, everything's going to change and, and already has with how teams will be preparing. Um, but, you know, in our case, to get it back to the Southern Miss side, in, in, in the case of Southern Miss, if we play, I think having senior leadership is a really big thing. And I think having a senior quarterback um, is even a bigger thing. I mean, the quarterback's got the ball every single snap on the offensive side of the ball. So who do you want back there? You want your senior quarterback? I, th- I think it's invaluable to have a senior quarterback coming back uh, to your football team. And even though we have a new offensive coordinator coming in, and I love him, I think he's going to be great. But I think, I don't know. So so I guess my plus would be the senior quarterback, Jack, um, coming back for his senior year, and, and he's, he's been in the wars. And then even though I love the new offensive coordinator, Kubik, um, maybe that's a minus. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, and I completely agree with that. I mean, I, I like the move, too. Uh, I, I like the style of offense the guy runs. He's He's been successful uh, with it wherever he's gone, but we missed spring already, and we're installing a brand-new offense. And so now your timeline for the falls messed up. Everything's a little weird and shaky, and you've got a brand-new offense to install. I mean, that – that puts a lot of weight on the players' shoulders to be in the playbook on their own unsupervised time to learn a brand new offense. And that's even just assuming that you can give them the playbooks before team activities begin and tell them to start studying it. I don't know how that all works out. So, right. so many unknowns. A mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and we mentioned Jack uh, as far as the, the leadership goes, but and this is this is kind of off the top of my head. I wrote down a few names as I was driving around today, but um, guys like Kyle Hemby, um, we mentioned Jack, but Arvin Fletcher, Tim Jones, uh, Booth, Trace Clopton. Um, that's a ton of talent coming back, not just on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, if we do get back, you mentioned that talent, and, and I agree with you, you mentioned that talent – might overcome some coaching issues just because you're not you're not gonna have a lot of time to coach. So if you don't have a lot of time to coach, it seems like the team with the better players is probably gonna have a better shot. I don't even know that's arguable, but somebody I'm sure somebody will argue about it, and I'll get all kind of like messages on my Twitter. But um, <laughs> it, it, it makes perfect sense to me, and 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 this is all assuming that we even get back out there, and you know fingers crossed. This is this is uh that we do get back, but. With all that talent coming back, I mean, how do you see it playing out? It, it's hard to put a win total. I'm sitting here looking at our schedule right now, and it's a cool schedule. But, um, you know, just to run through it real quick, I, I, I don't love the three home games to start off the season. I don't know how you feel about that. But yeah, I don't like that at all. You know, personally, I have to set up all the tailgate stuff and take it all down, and even though it's one of my favorite things to do. But September 5th, 12th, and 19th, home, 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 South Al, La Tech, Jackson State, you know, we've always talked about it's it, it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot no matter how you slice it. Um, I think all of these oh, games are night games. Away from down there, it's too hot. Yeah, and so three games in a row. Which ones are you going to make? Everybody's probably we, we always do well in the opener, uh, attendance wise. Everybody's going to be there for tech. That Jackson State game is well. I don't know. Jackson State being a, a, attendance wise, just because of Jackson State people, will probably be okay. Yeah. Then, but there are three games in a row, and that's just going to be a nightmare. Uh, to Auburn, that's a uh, pay game, which we gave them all that they wanted last time. Uh, let's see, North Texas, um, those are both away. Then we come back home, FAU, away at UTEP. I hate that game. I can't wait for UTEP to not be in this league anymore. That's like, I don't even know, like 3,000 miles away from here or something. <laughs> uh, and, and you talk about playing in front of nobody. People would think we got attendance issues. Go to a game at UTEP or Rice and get back to me. I've never been to a game at UTEP, uh, and I would like to at some point because it, it it's a pretty setting. I've flown over it and seen the stadium from the air, and it's absolutely beautiful there in the mountains in El Paso. But, yeah, it's it's impossible to get to. I mean, Even if they were like, good. 
which they're not right now. It's not like they, they haven't had any good teams in the past, but even if they were really good, how in the world is somebody going to – I can't make it work budget-wise, or, or I'm not driving that far. I'd have to fly. Anyway, it's just it's a so, nightmare. Before um, we move on from UTEP, I just want to interject there because you said even if they were good. I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, I saw some odds come out for the Conference USA champion in football uh, this year earlier, and UAB's the favorite at, I think, three to one. Um, then there were a group of five to one odds. I want to say it was uh, Marshall, Western Kentucky, and maybe FAU, and then Southern Miss was in the, the third group at seven to one odds. Uh, I, huh. I can't remember who else was in there, but poor UTEP was at 500 to one odds. <laughs> <laughs> they were at the very well, bottom of the list. If you want to go make a dollar bet, then, you know, hey, who knows? At this point, let's say we get four games in. Do you crown the champion? Is that how it works? How's that bet work? Do you have to play 12? <laughs> the fact that UTEP is 700,000 miles away from everybody else <laughs> may benefit them. They don't get sick. They're the only healthy team. They roll through undefeated. Sure. Um, there's a very interesting game on our schedule also. It's a game away at Liberty. And there's there's a lot to unpack there, really, with the head, from everything from the head coach to, like, what the hell, Liberty, right? Yeah. But what are your Only thoughts on that Liberty three game? Three and a half hours from me. So uh, I plan on being there if that game happens. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just have to wear a hazmat suit to the game. I don't know. <laughs> well, and, of course, their head coach is uh, Hugh Freeze, right? So I know we'd like to put a beat down on that guy. Um, but and also this is interesting because I can't remember the the financials at this point, but we're going to that game and getting paid to do it, correct? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Liberty's got all that really ridiculous, stupid Falwell money. Um, I, I think they just print it on campus. But Liberty's not hurting for money. Nobody seems to want to take them into a conference because their leadership is a bunch of wackos that uh, <laughs> create controversy every time you turn around. Um, but yeah, the money's not a problem there for sure. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. <laughs> so, uh, and after that, we have four games remaining. We're at home versus rice. Uh, that's October 31st. Hey, that's pretty cool. Halloween. Yeah. Um, how am I going to swing that with a four year old? That's anyway. the game I like to play UTEP. That black and orange Halloween game. How cool was that? that? It was awesome, man. Why? Well, you got to work that out. Of course, we're talking about a conference that refuses to schedule <laughs> our closest rivals on rivalry weekends. So hey, we're uh, playing, I guess we're, we're playing La Tech week two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the final two games on the schedule uh, at home, uh, uh, final three games on the schedule uh, at Western Kentucky. I'm sure they'll have no problem at all. Social distancing for that one. We're at home <laughs> versus UTSA and then away at UAB. Who knows? Um, that game might have a few people there if there's something on the line. I mean, the, the last game of the year, if it can't be La Tech, UAB's the the you just said the the favorite as far as to win the the conference. So if we do happen to get to play this thing and we get all the way to UAB, even though I don't like those three home games to start with, and I hate the UTEP thing always, Liberty's kind of weird. But if we get all the way to the end, there's something on the line. UAB is only three hours from here. Yeah. You know, and and maybe there will be something on the line. I I, I think the Southern Miss is going to be awful good, uh, awfully good uh, as the season goes along. If we get to play it, and having them on the schedule at the very end, that's that's not terrible at all. I like it. I'm I don't know about you, but I'm ready for somebody to hire hire Clark away from there. Ooh, very good point. Very very good point. Um, and you know. And we, I'll, I'll get you out of here before long. I know you have a baby you're trying to get there, get to, and try to put her to bed, probably. Um, she's, she's been asleep for hours. Uh, I got two and uh, about two thirds of a bottle of whiskey in front of me. Let's let's just keep rolling. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a Joe Rogan style three hour uh, podcast. Here. If we get into that, there'll be cuss words flying left and right. We'll get kicked off. Uh, One of us going to have to be drugged. Hey, we probably, we, hey honestly, we've probably already pissed off a lot of people trying to be logical. Which, yeah. you know, I don't know how that well, pisses so many people off. Like I said, you what, and I disagree on tons of stuff. We're friends. We're, we're great friends. Yeah. It's it's okay, That's, everyone. Thank God, by the way, that we can live in a country where we can disagree. And we can disagree, uh, you know, publicly. And, you know, not get beheaded, right? Again, 
people. Just because somebody disagrees with you doesn't mean you have to wish death upon them. It's perfectly fine. We're all human beings. We have brains. Well, most of us. Mm-hmm. I, I doubt that as more and more time goes by that all of us have brains, but whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, you're my boy. You're a good dude, Jason. Uh, we don't have to agree on everything. Sure. And if we did, what kind of world would that be? I don't want to live in that world where everybody be really, agrees, you know, really boring. So recruiting. OK. None of the info is in front of me right now. This is off the top of my head, but I know we have Frank Gore Jr. He's locked and loaded, ready to go. Um, uh, who knows? How if, if, is that that his dad is still in the NFL and that dude's about to be a college football player? <laughs> I know. And I've got a four year old. <laughs> yeah. 43 year olds with a four year old. Um, but, but so Frank, I mean, he looks to be the, you know, number one, it's a huge name. Number two, it's just cool to get him. Not sure how we got him. I think Favre probably had a lot to do with it. Uh, and the fact that, I don't know, bringing Kubik in, you know, he's, he's run oriented. Um, that's probably got a lot to do with it. And it's, it hasn't happened yet. And I would still put the chances pretty low. But, you know, Deion Sanders' son, Shadur, um, Seems like it's at least a possibility. He's been to a yeah. game. I saw. I, I saw the. Uh, I saw the. Who was it? It was T.J. Slaughter. Um, I think Adelius Thomas. Um, sitting up in a suite one game with Dion and with and so, you know, I, this. I, I. I mean, I've always fully believed. I mean, Sutter Miss is my thing, and I've always fully believed that at some point, you know, Sutter Miss is destined for greatness. I've said that a hundred times, but when stuff, does it, I mean, I, I don't feel like this stuff happens at a lot of other schools where freaking Frank Gore Jr. and Dion's son are honestly considered a possibility to come to Southern Miss. Not that we don't have history. We haven't been on top of our game in the last decade. We just hadn't outside of that Munkin year, right? Yeah. Um, so we still are in a place where we can attract these kind of kids, right? Well, and I mean, I really think that speaks to the the history and tradition at Southern Miss, though. And, and I mean, for for you and me, it it seems like only yesterday when when we were, you know, really good and, and something to be really proud of. Uh, but like you just said, I mean, we really haven't done much in the last decade, which which really hurts. But when you've got that history and tradition to sell as a coaching staff and you've got guys like Brett Favre and. TJ Slaughter and, and, you know, those kind of guys that number 10. Like, yeah. You know, Adelius Thomas. And, and I mean, we've got our fair share of guys that are in the league right now uh, that, that sure. you can be proud of, you know, even in our years where they're not quite up to uh, the championship caliber teams that, that Southern Miss is used to having, we're still putting guys in the league. And I mean, not every school does that. I mean, it's, there's a lot of uh, high resource schools that that don't put as many guys in the league as we do. So uh, I mean that's uh, you can sell that you can as a coaching staff and and Jay's great at that because he understands the history of the Southern Miss program. This isn't his first rodeo here. He's he's been around and he's a Mississippi guy even though he played at uh, you know that school up north. Uh, we won't even mention their name. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, he, he understands Southern Miss and, and that's a, a key to a coach at Southern Miss in any sport. You've got to understand Southern Miss and the Southern Miss culture. Uh, you, you've got to understand what kind of kids it's going to take to win at Southern Miss and what kind of kids you need to go after to be able to, to successfully recruit here. Uh, you know, I mean, and I feel like in the big three sports right now, we've got guys in place that understand that. I, I know uh, we're we're not really going to get into basketball tonight. Uh, if we do, we may be here until three o'clock in the morning. But <laughs> you know that, that'll be a conversation for a different night. But mm-hmm. Jay Ladner killing it out there in recruiting and killing it. And you want to talk about you know not having much to sell? Look at our basketball program. I mean, we we won an NIT championship back when Jay Ladner played college basketball. <laughs> right. And other than you know. Uh, um, you know, a few spurts of success here and there uh, have done nothing. And, and that guy fully understands. I mean, he he played here. He bled that black and gold. He knows what it takes. And and that's that's really any sport that guy has to understand uh, what it is. And, and Jay Hobson knows that. And and he's been successful on the recruiting trail 
Now we just have to be successful in making halftime adjustments. Sure, and, and all of that is fair, right? I'm still in Jay Hobson's corner. I yeah. Several really good friends of mine that were for a while are starting to like ease off the gas on, 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 on loving the guy, and I totally, totally understand that, and never, ever, ever do I want to get to a point to where I'm happy with seven, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. That, that's all warranted, and I think even he knows that. Um, yeah. And, and you, you mentioned uh, the, the kind of coach that we need. There's two things that Jamie and I always talk about. Uh, somebody that gets it and the right fit. And it, to me, it's pretty apparent from the very beginning if both of those things happen. Can they win after that? You know, that's the next step. But um, but as far as, as far as everybody we have in uh, leadership roles athletically and honestly academically at this point, I think they kind of get it and, and that they fit. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I went around the world and, and never really uh, went back to the question that was asked originally. Uh, again, maybe I should have another glass of bourbon. But uh, I, I feel like this year Jay's got to make a serious run for it or the detractors are, are going to get louder and louder. I like Jay. I, I think he is an excellent human being. I think he's a, a good fit for. Uh, you know, Southern Miss personality wise, and, and he really understands, but you win championships at Southern Miss, damn it. That's right. the expectation here. And I feel like we've had very talented teams since he's been here because he has done a great job of recruiting, but the teams haven't lived up to that championship expectation. And I, I really feel like not necessarily that he has to win the championship this year, but making an appearance in the championship game would go a long way. Um, that, you know, if, if not now, when, uh, like, like you said earlier, senior quarterback, you know, a lot of returning talent, uh, for what we lost this last season, I feel like the recruiting class really plugged those holes. Uh, you know, losing Quez is, is a big, uh, big thing for any team losing a, a player of that caliber that, you know, gets drafted and, and goes to the league. But, uh, I mean, we went out and got some really high caliber junior college receivers that should be able to step in and, and take over in that role. The defense should be strong, uh, you know, losing, um, Oh Jesus. Um, our big left tackle. Uh, it's killing Dorbeck. Jesus Christ, how did I forget Drake Dorbeck's name? <laughs> Bourbon, that's how I forgot his name. But losing Dorbeck hurts, absolutely. But, man, I mean, the, there's there's talent there. Arvin Fletcher's one of the, the top-rated linemen in the conference. Uh, I feel like the talent's there. It's, it's unfortunate that everything has been thrown for a loop with a new offensive coordinator coming in, but I like the guy. Mm -hmm. I think he can have some, some success. Um, and, I mean – we're, we're still considered one of those championship contenders, uh, at least by the odds makers. Uh, I mean, we definitely have the team to make a run. Absolutely, man. And we have rambled on for quite a while here. There's one more thing that I want to get to uh, before I let you go. And it has to do with um, it has to do with where we sit right now conference wise. Uh, there's been a lot of chatter about, you know, I don't think anybody's really happy with where Conference USA is. I think everyone feels like we should, you know, kind of have our way with this conference um, every single year. But if you think about it, we're really in the running year in and year out. The ball bounces funny sometimes. But um, I don't think you can ever look at the beginning of the year and say Sutter Miss doesn't have a chance. Uh, so have we won it in a while? No. But should we? Yes, probably. But as far as uh, – how conference is USA is right now. Um, there's been so much talk about developing a new conference, merging conferences with the Sun Belt. Um, do you think any of that actually has legs? You know, I feel like if anything, that the the financial strain that this situation's putting on a lot of schools uh, may actually make the people that make those decisions take it a little bit more seriously. 
Uh, I just want to remind everyone that when we were in the old version of Conference USA with a lot of schools that are now in the AAC, a lot of our fans still bitched about Conference USA, and now they uh, really just wish to be back in a conference with those schools. So I want to remind those people that you complained about being in a conference with those schools when we were in it, and now that's the conference you want to be in. So, so just pause, take a deep breath, and, and think about that. But Conference USA as it exists now is a cluster. Uh, the leadership is horrible. Uh, we're spread out almost entirely across the country. You've got Southwest Texas with Texas El Paso and Old Dominion in, in Norfolk, Virginia in the same conference. That makes absolutely no sense for a conference that gets $200,000 a year in television money. None. So, uh, you know, there easily with the Sunbelt Conference, you could make more regional conferences out of those two conferences. Uh, I mean, there, there's a handful of schools that, that I wish we were in a conference with. I, I like being in a conference with La Tech and UAB. They're close. Uh, you know, they're, they're good rivals, especially UAB used to be nothing. But now that they've got a competitive football program, I mean, there's a little fire to that rivalry now. Uh, so I like those guys. Uh, you know, Troy. Uh, South Alabama, Louisiana Lafayette. Um, I still like to call them ooh la la because it really just makes them mad. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Arkansas State would be a good team to be in a conference with. Uh, Blake Anderson up there has done a fantastic job. Just think he could have been our coach instead of the guy that we mm. hired in oh 2012. You know, I, I hate to keep going back to that, but I really think it's the bourbon that New makes bottle me of fireball coming my here. way. Yeah, go ahead and take it. I just Googled it uh, while, we're, while, you're, while you're on your thing there. And um, from Boca Raton, let me ask you this. This is a, this is a trivia question for, for Shane Lott. And we'll say, um, we'll say, if I'll say if you get within 300 miles of the actual total, then I'll send you whatever bottle of bourbon that you want. Okay, you ready? Oh. Hey, look, because I, want, I just want to tell you that there are, there's a bottle at Lincoln Road Package Store right now that's sixteen hundred dollars. Oh well, that's not gonna happen. We're, we're putting so. a fifty dollar limit on it. Fifty dollar <laughs> limit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you is we're gonna, we're gonna start this trip in Boca Raton, Florida, okay? And I'm, I'm gonna put a five second thing on this so you can't Google it. <laughs> but how far is it from Boca Raton, Florida, to El Paso, Texas? Man, I'm gonna guess that it's around. 1,900 miles. Shit. 1,889 miles. Man, I'm 27 good. 27-hour trip. So, number yeah, one, so- that's ridiculous for those two teams to be in a conference. And number two, yeah. I owe this man a bottle of bourbon. And I will definitely follow up on that uh, eventually. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Look, when, uh, when I come down for the next game, uh, you can just provide me with some drinks there. I won't make you send me a bottle of bourbon. That's what I got Mark Doliak for. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but I also send him money too. He's not just sending me free bottles of bourbon before people get crazy ideas that Doliak is the bourbon fairy and he's just <laughs> granting people bourbon wishes. Hey, he's uh, been, I guarantee he's been called worse. Yeah, I, for sure. I've probably called him worse from time to time. Uh, I love you, Doliak. You're my boy. Awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, conference USA in its current format just makes no sense. Uh, I mean that. I've, I've, I went through kind of a wish list of, of the teams that I, I wish we would keep an association with. I really like being in a conference with Marshall, although they're probably just a little too far away. Uh, for Billy makes. Um, but uh, something's got to be done. So there's got to be a shakeup. It's got to be tightened up. It's got to be more, made more competitive, too. I mean, FAU uh, came on in the last few years uh, with old uh, – with old Joey Freshwater uh, before he <laughs> bounced off to Oxford, which, man, that should be interesting. That's a whole other podcast. Though. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the days of Conference USA having schools to add to a television contract are long over. Let's get a competitive athletic conference together. That we can all drive to. Amen. I mean, there, right? there's. 
so many schools within drivable distance of Southern Miss that we could be in a conference with, but instead we're in a conference with Texas El Paso and Old Dominion. Sure. You're right. No, I think we're on the same page there. And, and you know, every, and the thing is, everybody wants to make their school. The, when they talk about realignments, everybody says, all right, like if you're Louisiana Tech, you're like, cool. Um, what are the teams right around me? Like they all, You always want to make yourself kind of the center of the conference, and I'm in the same boat. Uh, I'd like to think that it starts with Southern Miss just because we've been here the longest and we've had the most success. I would like to think that everybody else would just look at us as that you know, quote-unquote bell cow for the conference. And not that we're traditionally better than anybody, but I don't know, from a national brand-wise, I'd like to think that we're up there. But anyway, um, yeah, keeping La Tech, keeping UAB, adding South, adding Troy, uh, for us, is centrally located. And that would be just – I can't imagine if, if every single week, if I had the opportunity to drive to a football game. That would just be incredible. I want to take the opportunity to put a personal soapbox issue out there. Everybody always includes Middle Tennessee in the conference that they they want going forward, and I never understand that. They I, wouldn't bring, say, I wouldn't say everybody. Well, yeah, okay. Most people. <laughs> most people include Middle Tennessee. I, I think they bring nothing to the table. Kermit is no longer their basketball coach. Their basketball is back to being nothing. They had like 12 people show up for a Conference USA championship game that they lost. Do they even play? But yeah, they play baseball. Uh, just let's forget about them in future conferences. And then I don't know why I decided to single them out, but it always just drives me crazy. Uh, Marshall and Western Kentucky fans are always like, well, we've got history with them. I'm like, yeah, well, they suck. <laughs> why does it matter? Yeah, as far as that goes, Western Kentucky, you can go bye bye too. I, like, yeah, I still like Marshall. That's one, that's one trip. You know, I never made the East Carolina trip, and I, I, I kicked myself in the ass for that. But I've, 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 to this point, never made the Marshall trip. I do plan on absolutely doing that. It's one of my bucket list things. I like those guys. I have respect for those guys. And I think they would like to I, – I really think that they would treat our fans kind of like we treat their fans. Like, hey, absolutely. Like we want to whoop your ass, but have a beer. Hey, so, look, that's what it's fly all about. in for Raleigh, and I'll drive us to Honey. Perfect. It's a date. Well, dude, um, let's wrap it up there, man. We have went on and on, and I think I could keep going, and that's the bad part because my wife's back there in the back with the three-year-old, and uh, you know I gotta get out of here. But well, so we'll yeah. what you said? I said we'll do it again. Absolutely. Well, and look, we went football this entire time. We can do the same thing with baseball. We can do the same thing with basketball. And there's lots of stuff that I want to get to in both of those, particularly basketball because at this point i think i'm a little bit more fired up about basketball than football and football season is the next season which has never ever 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 happened in maybe the history of southern miss i know for me but look i think ladner is going to do fantastic things with our program Mm -hmm. uh i mean the recruiting class that he's got coming in uh really blew me away i i expected it to take him a little longer to, to do what he did this year. Uh, he's His coaching ability is undeniable, uh, but the fact that he was able to get the talent that he was able to attract this year is is, is really mind-blowing. But like you said, that's that's for a whole other show, uh, and we'll, we'll cover that in another conversation. Absolutely, man. Yeah, we, we have actual D1 players like on our team this year. It's going to be cool. So, But anyway, um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. Special thanks to Jamie again for letting me do this. Uh, special thanks to our guest, Shane Lott. Uh, you guys can follow along with To The Top Talk at To The Top Talk on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Bumper J Bailey, Jamie at Jamie underscore Arrington, and at, uh, at Hub City Comedy at Hub City Comedy. Also, you can follow Shane at Eagles underscore To The Top. And I think you have an Instagram account, but you said it was mostly liquor. So I don't know. Do you want to give that one out? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, people can follow me there if you're into to craft beer and, and bourbon. Uh, that's brews and bourbons. It's pretty easy. But, um, you know, I'll, I support Southern Miss stuff through that account, but I literally only post beer and whiskey on that account. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might get a couple followers out of each of it. And yeah. some, some people might drop you, too, because of this episode. But anyway, that's just how it Look, goes. Look, that's fine. <laughs> hey, that's, uh, the yeah. number of followers I have has absolutely no effect on my happiness in life. So follow <laughs> me, unfollow me, whatever makes you happy. This guy doesn't really care. 
Amen. Uh, you guys, please be safe out there, y'all. Um, let's ride this thing out. Hopefully we're nearing the end. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know. But hopefully we are. Fingers crossed. Um, if you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. <laughs>